Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunts. We got the full team together. We have your questions on your reviews. We appreciate it. Uh, we will be doing this again, I am sure, but we really do appreciate the five-star reviews and all of the love everyone has given us for this show. And to repay the favor a little bit, we're going to try to answer some of your questions. And uh, the key emphasis is on try, as some of these are going to be uh, a little bit more difficult than others. But without further ado, let's just dive right into it. Uh, unless you guys have do – you, do you have something you want to uh, – to add to the mix here? I don't. And I would like to make it clear. We have, I have at least not seen the questions. Perhaps Bruns has a, has a cheat sheet in front of him. That's I have not. I have not. I'm, I intentionally did not see them so that I could be surprised. Okay. All right. We're all fair playing field here. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've seen them, but I really haven't had a chance to, to kind of think about them. Uh, do you guys both want the opportunity to answer or should I direct these? How, how should we do it? Whatever you want to do. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go situationally dependent on the question because I'm curious how both of you are going to answer this first one, which comes from Caterade5. He wants mm. to know if trading was allowed in NCAA, which Husker quarterback would you trade and what position or who would you try to trade him for? <laughs> Man, these are, these are, these are tough. So we got to trade a quarterback, a Husker yep. quarterback, huh? Got to be a quarterback. I'm guessing he <laughs> Matt Masker either. Yeah, there's no way you can insult anybody with this answer, is there? Um, <laughs> I'll go. Well, go ahead, Bruns. I just because I, I think Nebraska has two really good starting quarterbacks. I think that makes. Logan Smothers a little bit expendable and that's not a knock on Logan Smothers but I think if we're trading if we're trading a quarterback and especially one that's as talented with his feet as Logan Smothers I feel like we could get some pretty good value and a defensive tackle that that's always a, a tough position to to recruit in college football so I would uh I would deal Logan Smothers uh with with a heavy heart and I would get a defensive tackle because we, we're just trading for position, right? Yeah, I mean, if you knew exactly who you wanted, you could say that. Yeah, I don't I, – I don't, the, the scouting department hasn't gotten that deep into it, but I think, uh, I think I would get myself a defensive tackle. It will really control the middle of that 3-4 defense. All right, BC, what do you think? I think – well, first off, I do think Adrian's going to light it up this year, actually. But I think him and Luke are even. So I guess I have to pick somebody. I, I would move Adrian um, Martinez and at, for an outside linebacker, a top – and Adrian is worth a top-notch, uh, I think, outside linebacker because there's a lot of programs that are hurting at quarterback and would kill for Nebraska's situation there. So I think you could get some really good value from somebody – so I'd get an outside backer and maybe uh, a, a defensive line recruit to be named later uh, for that trade. Um, and uh, both, both sides would come out winners from it, I think. All right, good stuff there. Derek of Seward wants to know, if Scott Frost were openly to say Nebraska should lower its expectations to eight to nine wins a year, how would you react and how do you think the fans would react? We'll start with BC. I'd be disappointed, uh, even though I understand um, that Nebraska's got to get to that level first. I think one of the things that 
will constantly push Nebraska and, and that they have to have is that mission to be elite. I, I think they can't ever lose that goal or that target, even if it looks so distant right now. Um, one, he would never say that, but if he did, I would be disappointed. And I think the fan base would be too, even while understanding times have changed and maybe Nebraska isn't going to just go back ever to just like it was in the 80s and 90s where they were top 10 every year. But I would still uh, be a little bummed out to hear it said out loud. I, I, I don't know that I can really improve on that answer. I think I would the, – the realities of what college football are today are different than what they were 20, 25 years ago. However, you know, when you're building – $155 million practice facilities, you're, you're paying your football coach that kind of money. Um, you know, I, I think you need to continue to, to strive. It is, it's tough to say that too. Uh, you just can't say that out loud, especially as a, a competitor and, and somebody that's taken that program to the top before as a player. So Derek's question actually leads us to a nice follow-up here. And this question was written before the Big Ten season had resumed or that we had even known it was going to resume. Assuming football resumes as usual in 2021, how many years do you think Nebraska is removed from playing in a Big Ten title game? That question comes from Ty S. Um, I think they're two years away. I think they'll be in the Big Ten title game in two years. Is that That's the question, right? Does two years mean like 2021 or 2022? 2022. I think next year's schedule is pretty brutal. Um, and they'll still be building a bit. But uh, I think by two, two years from now, uh, it, if you look at the slate, it sets up well, and it will give them time to perhaps, as Scott Frost says, get old at certain spots where they need to get old. And so I'll say uh, things, things change fast in college football. I mean, they do. Uh, not, not, they haven't around here lately, but there's, there's programs everywhere where things flip from season to season. So I'll say two years. All right, Bruns, what do you yeah, got? I, I think two years is fair. I mean, it, when you look at what Nebraska's done the last two seasons, it's obviously been disappointing. Um, you know, I, I think, though, Nebraska's probably a little bit closer than – what that record suggests. I mean, they, they've lost a number of um, one-score games. And, you know, I, I think those are the types of things that can turn quickly, especially when you have veteran guys at certain spots. So I, uh, I, I think they're closer, I think, than what people kind of expect. And, and I, I think that that schedule does kind of lighten up for them a little bit after next season too. So I, I'm with BC. Put me down for two seasons, maybe three. But I think they're, they're, they'll get there. Uh, this question is for BC. It's from LP Baby. Any feedback you heard during the two-week walkthroughs held in July, August? Never heard a darn thing from that period. He's wondering if, if you had picked up anything or if you'd heard from any players or coaches, even when they were talking this last week, about anything that, that happened during that few days in July, August. July, August. Um, yeah, I know. I it was like seven years ago. Yeah, I, I – there's nothing that specifically comes to mind of, of, of those months. No, I, I don't have a good answer. That's my answer is I don't have a good answer for that one. I'm sorry. I failed you. What was no, his name? Okay. It's a, and, and look, we appreciate the, uh, the review and the question LP baby. If we can LP baby another one for you, we will certainly, we'll certainly try. All right. Did you, diving on to the next one. 
This comes from Sam J N D 13. He wants to know if you have recruits during the, the last few years that you kind of fell in love with in the process. And, and when they got to Nebraska, they didn't necessarily pan out early, but you refused to give up on them. His example is Jameen Graham. He's really excited about him. And he also wants to know if there's a sliver of hope that he might still develop into being a good outside linebacker for Nebraska. Yeah, it's – I'm trying to think if there's guys that kind of fit that that bill uh, for me. I mean, to, to give you guys a little time, I can tell how I thought Kevin Gladney was going to be a really good wide receiver based on uh, how often he had to track down terrible high school passes. I thought that was going to make him a pretty good fit for Nebraska's then quarterback play. Uh, at the time and unfortunately Kevin Gladney never really made it and even more unfortunately he kind of had to leave the program under uh, some you know not so great circumstances uh, what you mean Graham isn't he now being moved at, at defensive line did that happen officially yeah, or is that something he, they're looking at? yeah I think he's he's doing a little bit of both it's 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 tough I mean like when you you know that you have the question about how close is Nebraska to, to getting to a Big Ten title game um, you know, Jameen Graham's a, he's a redshirt freshman. He's still young. And I think people kind of move on to the next, next shiny thing, um, which, you know, I, I think is easy to do sometimes when there's the pressure to win now and all that other stuff. But th- so the, the question was, which, which guy did not pan out that you thought would? Well, I mean, a guy that, that you really liked as a recruit that it, it took him a long time to either pan out or he never did. I've, I've got I got a couple. Um, yeah, help me out. He I wouldn't say he didn't pan out, but I think I was one of those who, when Jamal Turner caught that pass in the spring game and did a flip, and we thought he was uh, Deshaun Jackson. Um, I I sort of envisioned unbelievable things for him at Nebraska for a while, for a couple years, and it he ended up having an okay career and he played a lot more football in college than a lot of guys but he's a guy who maybe didn't um didn't become that like you know all conference type guy I thought Leroy Alexander was going to be a absolute steal and a stud one offseason he was really uh making a move and then he uh he got booted from the program um so there's some there's some guys like that who have who have been disappointing for Honestly, the ones I think of are guys where something happened and it was unfortunate. And they're like Quentin Castile is a good example of a guy I thought was maybe going to be special at Nebraska and and that we didn't end up seeing his career play out here. And so it's guys like those that I sort of think of first. And then there are guys who looked apart um, and maybe they just didn't end up working out football wise. But, you know, Joe Carter was a guy who was kind of like that, but also – I think got a very good uh, college experience here too. So I, I always keep that in mind as well. I, I got okay. one for you. I got one for you. John Reardon was one that I thought was going to be just, you looked at his high school film, just burying guys in the, in the run game. And it just never clicked for him. He had to put on way too much weight. Once he got to Nebraska, was playing different positions and just kind of got buried on the depth chart a little bit. He was a guy that I was, you know, he he was an uh, an army all American um, and and just never, uh, never worked out for him, which uh, I would have, uh, I would have bet pretty heavily based on high school film that he would have a shot, but didn't happen. All right. Let's, uh, let's dive to the next question. 
quickly here, BC, you get to pick one for this season. Would you rather have Omar Manning or J.D. Spielman? <laughs> um, I, I'd rather have Omar Manning uh, fully healthy, and, uh, but he's got to be up to speed and he's got to know his stuff. Otherwise, I'd go the other route. But as far as if we're just talking about, like, size and over the and long haul, I'd rather have, I'd rather have Omar Manning. Okay, Manning for BC, Brunt. Yeah, give me Manning. Six foot four and two twenty will play anywhere, and uh, Nebraska hasn't had that the last few years. They need they need him. All right, and that question came from Hat Hair at twenty seven. Some of these names are too good. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to miss them entirely. All right, this next review comes from somebody who uh, who says this podcast is the best way to escape the daily stress of life, kind of like laying in a hammock. Uh, contains the perfect amount of banter, humor mixed in, and a glimpse into BC's soup trials. Uh, so I just wanted to – I felt like that accurately described That was it. nice of my dad to weigh in. <laughs> well, BC's dad wants to know if, uh, if you felt like the Big Ten was trying to send Nebraska a message with the first four games, but also if it didn't make sense for Nebraska-Ohio State to play week one since they were the most vocal of the teams pushing to play. What do you think, Brunson? Yeah, it, it, it's – suspicious the the way the the order kind of worked out um you know I, I think Nebraska and Ohio State obviously makes sense because they fought to play I think they needed to kind of get some sexy tv matchups to uh to, to kind of you know help out some of the, the tv partners so I'm not surprised I think it's uh I, I can put my tinfoil hat on and, and and think there was a little bit more going on there um but you know I on the one hand, I, I think you'd probably rather have Ohio State right out of the gates than uh, in game six or seven when they're really humming along. Who knows? They'll be, they might be humming along on Saturday. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think maybe now is the best time to get them if you can. I think, it, I think it was a little bit of a barb. Um, but also, you know, Ohio State and Penn State were already on the schedule. And the way they did it, uh, they were going to be on this schedule. So I don't think that part was intentional. And also, um, I think, you know, right out of the gate at 11 a.m. on the first Saturday, they wanted a big draw game. And Ohio State is always a big TV ratings get. And why not pair him with the vocal, you know, the other guy who was pretty vocal. And, oh, by the way, Nebraska's brand still draws a little bit, too. I know some people want to pretend they don't, but put those helmets together. It's what I call a helmet game still. Uh, it looks good when they promo it on NFL Sunday. Um, and so Nebraska still hasn't lost that, but they need, they need a good season here soon so um, that, it, that it's more legitimate that when, they, when they're promoting these kind of games. Unspeakable ass, and this is where you two are going to come in huge here, I think, is that time of Tom Green, the greatest homecoming guest appearance ever <laughs> or greatest administrative disaster? That's, this is totally in my wheelhouse because I was in college. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Tom Green, this was when he was sort of popular on MTV with his little show, which was kind of a stupid show. But uh, he was invited to homecoming to do like a bit. And he ended up humping Little Red. Um, and it caused quite a lot of commotion. Um, I thought it was, I was, now keep in mind, I was like 19 at the time. I thought it was funny and hilarious, but now as an adult, I'm kind of like, I don't know if that was a very smart move to bring him in, but um, I don't know. I think we've lost our sense of humor a little bit. Uh, 
I, I didn't mind it. Runtz, do you have anything you'd like to add? That was a little bit before my time at UNL. I was at Nebraska, though, for Friday at Callahan's, which was a uh, event that they put on the Schulte Fieldhouse with uh, Blessed Union of Souls <laughs> to play a concert. And uh, there was lots of, of stuff handed out. I just was looking back at an old story about the event. Uh, a, a senior secondary education major said she made multiple trips to the concession stands we came back because we were thirsty, she said, and we ended up with a bunch of donuts. So there's probably 2,000 people, I would guess, that have a Friday at Callahan's t-shirt out there somewhere. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's a nice thing to have, I think. I think. All right. Are you guys ready for this next one? I think real quick. I also think David – didn't David Spade, wasn't – he invited to perform once uh, for a university event, and it went a little off color. It was some SNL guy, and I think it was David Spade. But maybe no matter what it was, it wouldn't have gone as bad as the guy who went to Iowa and then got banned from the state. <laughs> All right, isn't that Jim Brewer or whatever? Oh, Goat Boy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> All right. This next one is actually not a question, but it's a request, and it's a request from someone that I think we know well, Todd from Chicago. Uh, he says, <laughs> my one-year-old daughter really loves Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and I think she would really love a Brian Christopherson spoken word rendition of their hit song, The Hot Dog Dance. Brian, I sent you the lyrics. Please follow through. Okay. Can, uh, can uh, Bruns speak about uh, what shows he watches as a young father while I find it? Yeah, it's uh, the the link you said doesn't work, um, but it's okay. It the hot dog dance. Yeah, yeah, I will put the actual lyrics in a. I got chat. it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I, I I'm not familiar with this one. We we're more of a maybe <laughs> shark, Daniel Tiger, um, Elmo's World type house. This is from Todd. Is it Todd P? Maybe in Chicago. Is that who it's from? I'm wondering. Um, it is a thousand percent from Todd Peterson uh, in Chicago. Todd Peterson, who still gives Dabo Sweeney and Pete Carroll nightmares. Um, here's a song for Todd. Hot dog. Oh no, hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog. Hot diggity dog. Now we got ears. It's time for cheers, hot dog, hot dog, the problem solved, hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog, grab my boots and a sandwich, let's start a parade, get the coconut drum, drum kit for Daisy to play, hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. I think I'll stop there. It, yeah. is, it is pretty lengthy, Todd. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. All right. Well, that uh, that happened. That was, hey. that was incredible. Hot diggity dog. Hot diggity dog. We said we'd answer the questions, and we are men of our word. All right. So let's uh, let's finish <laughs> up with this, and then we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with more questions. But VA Beach Husker asked, and I'll, I'll take this one. Can you about can you evaluate Cole Payton as a quarterback prospect and as a linebacker? Also, can you compare him with Heinrich Harburg? And so let's start with this. I mean, I don't want to make too much of my evaluation skills by any means. Uh, I am definitely not an uh, a, a evaluator. But I was really impressed by Cole Payton when I saw him against 
Creighton Prep earlier this year. I've watched some film of him since. I think that uh, without question, he fits what North Dakota State wants to do, where you got to be a bigger, stronger quarterback because they really want to involve you in the run game. And they might involve you a lot. I mean, we've seen Trey Lance with 20, 25 carry games. That's the kind of thing that they're looking to do there. And Cole Payton has that sort of frame. I mean, he's six foot three. Uh, I think he's up to 220 now. And he can deliver some hits. And so uh, he, he definitely – I think he fits quite well as a quarterback prospect. Uh, and I know Nebraska sort of had some interest in him, potentially as a linebacker. I think he kind of shut that down. I, I think he wants to play quarterback in college. And I think he's just content to go to North Dakota State at this point. And so I, I think he could have been a really interesting player as a linebacker as well. But I, I think his upside is at quarterback. And I think North Dakota State got another good one. And then when you compare him with Harburg, the, the difference there, I mean, Harburg's taller, and I think he's a faster player. There's a lot more of a power component to Cole Payton. Uh, I think Cole Payton's a little bit more advanced as a passer right now, but I think Harburg might have more upside as he's still kind of scratching the surface. I think the bet on Cole Payton is that he'd be more likely to play in 2021 or even 2022 for North Dakota State, uh, whereas for Heinrich Harburg, it's, Nebraska brought him in, and he knows – that he's coming into a situation where he's a peer developmental quarterback, that it's going to take uh, quite a bit of time to, to work on, on some things for him. But he's another guy as his seasons rolled along, he's gotten a lot better as well. So that's kind of a, a quick run through of two of the best in-state quarterbacks here in Nebraska. Let's take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll get into more of these questions. We still got some really good ones uh, left to go here and I don't know if we're ever going to top BC saying hot diggity dog like six times no I think we can I think we probably can uh, but well you got to stick around to see if we can actually do it okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, you guys ready for more questions? Yes. Okay. Uh, here is one that um, could be real interesting. If you were writing a book on the Pelini era and had unlimited interview access, what stories or games would be most compelling to write about? <laughs> I'll start. I, I think the, the Nebraska's final sprint through the Big 12 – I mean, that, that's its own book right there, right? Like the 2010 season um, and how everything played out there. Um, I would probably focus a 
fair amount of my attention and interviews on that Texas A&M game. Um, I, I really don't know that there is a, uh, a different, I mean, you, a nine to six loss, the way it happened, you've got the stuff with Taylor Martinez, just everything. It was just like full, full on meltdown mode. And uh, I think I would just, I would write a book on the 2012 season as a whole, because it was fascinating from front to start. Uh, you know, you, you had the loss to, at home to Texas, the A&M game. Um, you get so close against Oklahoma. There's it, it, just a lot of intrigue there. Yeah, I mean, I think Texas and Texas A&M from that year and the stuff surrounding it would be good stuff. I also think the week of – the final week of the regular season in 2013 when everybody on the, everybody on the staff thought they were going to get fired – and uh, there was a lot of moving and shaking behind the scenes. And then we get a, a press statement on Saturday morning from I-Chorus. It's like, nope, nothing to see here, I guess. Um, and we and Polini's still around for another year. I think that last week uh, would have been interesting. And obviously the, the week earlier in that season, after the audio tape release, some of the inside stuff that was going on, um, would be something to delve into. Uh, so there, there's no shortage of uh, soap opera stuff to uh, dig into there. All right. And from Big Wookie Z, he lives in SEC country, and most people around him don't remember when Nebraska was relevant. He wants to know what are signs to look for this season that might point towards Nebraska becoming nationally relevant again. Bruns? I think, well, I think competing and, and winning some of these games, these big games, I, I think are important. I mean, you know, the Ohio State game this week is a, a great example of that. You know, if you can go in, play well, and, and really kind of, you know, make that a game, I think that's a good step. And, you know, for Nebraska for so long, it's been, you just can't get out of your own way. And, you know, you, it, when you stop making the, the, the killer penalties, uh, you know, you get more consistent play on offense. I mean, I, it just seems to me that Nebraska just keeps reshuffling the deck so often uh, over the last 20 years that I think you just have to have patience and let it play out. But I also think you need to start seeing some of those signs of, you know, more consistent play, guys being in the right position, just like basic good football on a consistent level. That's, that's the biggest sign to me that things are trending in the right direction. BT? I think there are two games where there's an opportunity to do this this year. Um, one is Wisconsin. One is Penn State. Both are going to be played in Lincoln. Both happen in the first four weeks of the season. I sort of think – I have this feeling Nebraska is going to pull an upset in one of those games. But I think it's something like that that they need to do to sort of grab, I mean, this is a country from SE, this is a question from SEC country. And so for someone like him to grab people in his area, Nebraska needs to not just beat like Minnesota or Purdue. Uh, they need to go, you know, knock off a Penn State or something where it scrolls across a screen and even a person in Tennessee is like, oh, how about that? So that, th those are two big opportunities kind of answering this particular guy's question in the region he's from where I think uh, 
they could show that progress to some people that are outside our little bubble. All right. Husker fan 87 wants to know, and he actually has a, a, a form of a question that is a fill in the blank. He asked, I will be disappointed in Nebraska this season. If blank, he wants to know what your answer is there. I think if, uh, honestly, I think if, if, if they don't beat Wisconsin or Iowa, one of those two, and end that streak, that's going to be very disappointing because those are tough streaks that are hanging over this, this team's head right now. Um, so that's one. And then uh, I think there's two games they have to go get. One is tougher than the other maybe, but Illinois and Purdue, those have to be wins uh, with a schedule as tough as this. They got to go make those wins. So there's like categories to this. There's those, those matchups against more elite teams in the league where you need to make that statement in a game, but they also need to do that other part where those, those programs are even with or maybe a little bit better with where they stop dropping those games by four points and they turn those into wins. So um, I'd be disappointed um, if uh, – if they don't beat Wisconsin or Iowa, though, again. Yeah, that's, that, was, that was actually going to be my answer, was the, just the, the streak of, you know, just not showing up in those games or in, in the situation with Iowa dropping really close matchups, those one-possession games. I, I think you got to get one of those two. Um, to, to add to, to BC's list of games that you got to get, I mean, that one at Northwestern, I think, is going to be – tough it always is they're they're gonna have probably a top 25 defense again that's one you got to get so I, I i would be disappointed if you go and two against iowa and wisconsin i think i'd also be disappointed if you don't start to see signs on offense especially that um you know things are looking more like they want them to look going forward i, I think you've got to make progress there what a way to say it to maybe be that it'd be disappointing if they did not have at least a two and one record against Illinois, Northwestern and Purdue. Is that, yes. is that fair? Yes. All right. Yeah. I, I think those are, uh, those are, are definitely good. I'll just add to it. I will be disappointed in Nebraska this season if they fail to put teams away like they did against Purdue, Colorado, Iowa, uh, they got to be better in the final close of games. They have to they have to start putting those games away. This piggybacks off the last thing, but you're never going to be nationally relevant if you're letting teams like Purdue and Colorado drive for scores to beat you late in games. All right, next question from Tom nine three nine four nine five nine six nine seven nine eight nine 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 ten nine. Hell of a name, Tom. Uh, all right. How many all-conference players, not counting all honorable mentions, do we have on the team this year? I assume there's, what, three three teams, right? First team, second team, third team? So, yes. Um, how, many, uh, how many do you think Nebraska has? On all three teams, combining all three teams? Yes. Okay, let me think. Let's go through it. Um, offensive line. Maybe I think they've got, yeah, I think they've got a couple guys who are capable, but I, th I, the, here's the thing with offensive line and all these things, you have to start to win first and then you start to get that recognition like a year or so later. You know what I mean? Cause the people vote on it. Um, 
they sort of have these biases based off previous results, I think, that factor into that. So Nebraska probably is only going to get like one offensive lineman on a list like that, even if they have a good year, I bet. Um, so I'd say one on the O-line. I think, they, I think Mills can be that guy. I think he's um, got a chance, yeah. As like somewhere in there. And I, I think Wandale. Yeah, that's – I think those, those three potential um, would be where I'd go. I think defensively, defensively probably a safety maybe. You know, Deontay Williams sneaks on to a, a third. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'd say probably four, four guys total. I think four is a good uh, number to set the bar at. And the wild card is obviously QB, where I do think they have the, the ceiling to get there, but I'm not sure I want to go there yet. Okay. BF Jeps asks, who could put down more runs in their prime, Sam Keller or Ron Kellogg the third? <laughs> I don't know. Probably Ron. Ron, Ron knows the runs a game because he grew up here. Um, I think Sam. I think Sam would maybe turn his nose at the Runzas. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go with. I'll go homegrown. I'll say Ron Kellogg. Third. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, that was from BF Jeps. This comes from Young Mustache. I'd love to know who'd win in the following competitions between Schaefer, Brunson, BC: a street fight, chess, golf, ping pong. Um, I think Brunson would win in golf. I think I would win in ping pong. I think Schaefer would win in a street fight. Do either of you guys play chess? Very no. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That would be like a bunch of newbies. Like, with, It would take us forever to finish off someone I, in a game. i got to be honest. The thing out of this I most want to see uh, is a ping pong match between Brunts and BC. Because I feel like Brunts could control the table with his long gangly arms. <laughs> I, I did. I did live in China, and I did pick up a few things too. Yeah, I, we'll have a ping pong tournament soon. Yeah, I, I, I want to see that match. Maybe we'll broadcast that. That could be the <laughs> next thing to get five star reviews. All right, uh, should we move on to the next question? Yeah, this one could be topical. Will you guys have a wheel of hype this year for the hype podcast? Uh, I need to get etching. Um, so maybe not for the first one, but beyond that. Yeah, we could probably get we could probably get a wheel of hype going. All right. That's a good idea, whoever sent that in. That's that's fair. I, I like that. All right. This one I'm not entirely sure. You guys will have to help me here. This is how the question reads. It's from GBR from Berg. If you could watch all the athletes of any sport play a different sport, which would they be? So I'm guessing if he's asking if you could watch all of the basketball players play a different sport, what the sport would be, or all the football players. So I, I, I'm not entirely sure I know where to go with an answer on that one. You guys have thoughts? I'd like – go ahead. Go ahead. I'd, I'd like to – Jeez, Bronx. Oh. <laughs> this go. is where we have our street fight. I'd like to see Brant Banks run the pick and roll at least once every Husker basketball game. Just get him in there for like 45 seconds. I, I was going to say, I, w- I would not mind seeing a return of Brant Banks to the basketball floor, which actually, when he played basketball last time, that was essentially when all this COVID stuff started. So maybe ending it 
is getting mm-hmm. Brent Banks back on the basketball floor again. Do you think that we should just modify this and say that you guys want to see Brant Banks compete in all collegiate sports for Nebraska? <laughs> I'd watch him golf. Fair. Yeah. All right. That's, uh, that's good. We'll move on to the next one from Jimmer Mania, 32. He wants to know, of the four major guys in the state of Nebraska in the 2022 class, Woods, Jackson, Helms, Riley, how many will Nebraska get? And which guys are most likely to stay home? I think Nebraska is going to go three out of four out of that. I like their chances the most with uh, Jackson and Helms. And then I think they're going to end up keeping Woods. Uh, Riley is the one that I think is going to, to go elsewhere. And uh, I don't know where that's going to be. Wisconsin, Iowa showing a lot of interest. Clemson, uh, I've heard, is starting to show a lot. They haven't offered yet, but that could be the school to, to keep an eye on, a new one in this area. Do you guys have any thoughts to differentiate from that at all? I think they also get Jake Applegate at Lincoln Southeast. I think he's an offerable prospect as, an, as a linebacker. I think uh, he's another guy on that list. Okay. BC? You guys, you guys nailed it. I, th- I think it, it will be hard to get all of them, but I think they'll bat a good percentage. Yeah. All right. From Husk Power, he says he really enjoys the coverage, and his pod question would be, do you think Nebraska is going to develop some sort of vertical passing game this year? I think more got- so than they have, yeah. I, I, th- I think they've got more speed. Uh, but it's a question to me of how some of these newcomers come along. Uh, if some of these big targets are involved by the halfway through the season, can you get a Manning and Xavier Betts actually out there and, and performing for you this fall? Um, Alante Brown to me is, is sort of the most exciting, honestly, of the bunch right now. Um, so I'm, I think he'll add something. And I hope Fleming comes along and, and makes a player or two. That's a, that's a guy who could really help this question out because he was recruited as – he was known for being the fast guy. Yeah. Uh, let's just dive into these. Uh, I, I want to get a couple more, and then I want season predictions. Uh, Husker Doug 224 says, I really enjoy the show and the site. But it is troubling Brian's dislike of Jack Stoll. Is it tight ends in general, or has he attempted getting help for this problem, Brian? <laughs> I uh, Stoll and I, I think uh, are are we're I'm good with Stoll. I think I've 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 probably written more Jack Stoll stories than anybody in this market. So I'm going to defend that I'm a a Jack Stoll guy, even though this these these erroneous claims are made often about me. BC is a hipster. He was, he was about stole before it was popular. All right. Last thing here. L. Pritchard do asked, do you think Nebraska has a legitimate chance to get a consistent top 10 recruiting class under Frost? Why or why not? I think the top 10 is really a tough stretch. I think it's going to be hard for Nebraska to consistently get the players out of the Southeast or the West that they need to, to be in the top 10 every year. I do think that if they can be successful on the field, they have the recruiting acumen and chops that they should be top 15. The separation between being a top 15 to a top 25 class is pretty small. The separation between getting from top 15 inside the top 10 is enormous. Nebraska would have to win at a very high level, I think, to really get players to to want to leave some of those areas where they don't have to go as far. Uh, It's not inconceivable, but right now they haven't shown the winning yet that that they're going to be a consistent top 15 class. Uh, for to let me think that they're going to be a top 10 one as well. You guys have anything else you want to add to that? Nope. You hit it. Yeah, right. you're right. Let's, uh, 
we we appreciate all the questions. I know there's some other ones out there, particularly a message board thread that we have, but we just don't have time to dive into those. I'll try to jump into and answer some of those as best as I can, and I'm sure these guys will as well. But I do want to finish up with this before we have to depart for a Scott Frost Zoom today. Uh, gentlemen, do you uh, do you have season predictions that you're ready to make as it relates to Nebraska and the Big Ten West? You ready, Bruns? Yeah, I think so. I uh, I, I think that uh, I'm, I'm going to say five and four, or five and four when you add in the uh, the plus one game at the end. So um, I'll say four and four on the regular season. I'll say they win the bonus game, and uh, you know then then off to some kind of bowl game. But I, I think. Uh, I think four and four regular season, five and four overall is my prediction. Yeah, I'd say five and four too. Uh, I think that's right in the the meaty part of the curve, as George Costanza would say, uh, where, I mean, if you go four and four, you're going to get a little bit lesser team from the East in that ninth game. And so you could probably win that. Um, I, I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. I think they're going to either upset – Wisconsin or Penn State I think that's going to one of those games is going to be a win and then I could see them dropping one of those yeah you know Northwestern Purdue Illinois games and that's sort of how they get to you know four and four or five and four I have been waffling back and forth between four and four or five and three in the regular season uh, I too like Nebraska to to get a win against one of those teams in the first four games uh, besides Northwestern and I think Wisconsin is going to be that game uh, I'm going to go five and three in the regular season. I don't know what they get in a crossover game. I think five and four sounds right. But if they go five and three, they might have a team that they don't match up well with. Uh, or they could end up with Indiana, who I think is going to be pretty good in the East as well. I'm curious, you guys have a team that you think is going to win the Big Ten West? Because I'm going to pull a Brunts. I'm going Iowa here this year. I think people are writing them off. I don't think they should. I think Spencer Petras can get it done. They have Tyler Goodson coming back, some good receivers. They know what they are. And in a weird year like 2020, Knowing what you are could count for a lot. I think Iowa is going to win the Big Ten West this year by courtesy of a tiebreaker over Wisconsin. I, uh, I'll, 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 I'll go with Wisconsin. I think, uh, you know, they've got the quarterback question, but I think the defense will be fine. Um, you know, I, I don't know that their schedule is particularly daunting. The, the toughest game is going to Michigan. So, I will uh, – I'll go with Wisconsin in the West. Um, it's, it's about as boring of a pick as Paul Chris hat, but uh, it is what it is. I'd pick Wisconsin too, but uh, everybody in the West should be watching Nebraska-Wisconsin very closely on Halloween because that's the sort of game where it could tip – it could tip the division in anybody's direction. Yeah. All right. I, uh, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for running through those questions. We really do appreciate – the five-star reviews, we'll try to do this again probably after the season sometime in the spring. There's good stuff in there. And uh, anytime you guys have questions, feel free to tweet at us. Uh, let us know if it's stuff you want us to address in the, the podcast. We're happy to do that. Or hit us up on the message board. Be sure to check out all the coverage that will be coming on Husker 24-7 uh, throughout the next couple days. Nebraska gets their season going against Ohio State. We plan to cover everything just as we do every single year. And we'll probably be introducing a few things as well.
Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.